What's good, everybody? Welcome to this third episode of the By the Hood podcast and webcast. I'm your host, as always. My name is Jimmy. I got my partner, Corey, in the building. Corey, what's going on? What's going on, good people? How y'all doing out there? Listen, man, um, it's an amazing episode we have coming up. We have a special guest on that I'm very excited about. Uh, she has a new book that just came out last week. Um, I've actually read the book. I own it on Kindle as well as the paperback copy. And, you know, hilarious title. It's called Twerk Money. So for those who don't know, maybe listening for the first time, the By the Hood podcast, you know, um, is part of our whole By the Hood movement. It started as a thing about real estate, teaching people how to buy the hood, but it's kind of like turned into something else. It's about buying into each other. It's about supporting each other. It's about um, teaching personal finance, personal responsibility. It's, a, it's about a lot of things. What I like to do is to bring people on who are out there making moves and doing things and have them share their experience, share what they're doing, you know, with everyone who's listening. Um, so we love to have authors on. So uh, this is like our first author that we're going to have on. Without further ado, I definitely want to bring on Rika. Rika, this is your third book, your second one in personal finance, right? So for the people that don't yes. know who you are, just uh, give us a little bit of your background in terms of how you got to the point where you wanted to write about personal finance and what it means to you. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sharika, uh, also known as Rika or Rika Darnby. I used to work for the federal government. I actually quit August of 2016. I was tired of working there, specifically for that agency. I was working for a security agency and it was just very hindering on my spirit and on my mentality and understanding the role that intelligence agencies played in um, the decline of the black community and things like that. So I just really had to get out of there. And in doing that, I saved up $25,000 in nine months. And it just dawned on me wow. that we didn't have anybody who looked like us really telling us what we needed to know from a personal finance perspective. So that kind of pushed me into that, that realm because I also read um, Dr. Neely Fuller Jr.'s book. And, you know, he talks about the nine areas of life and economics is one of them and that was the one that was speaking to me at the time so I wanted to concentrate on that and so I got into talking about money and ended up writing my first book how to earn and keep your dead presidents that really talks about the basics it was mainly for younger people especially in college because you know when you're young you have all this time and compounding interest can do the work for you but twerk money the one that just came out twerk money tales from the black wallet that's really just for all of us and mainly for us mm -hmm. and how we need to approach economics as a people yeah um and i've read the book it's, it's, it's a great book I, I definitely enjoy it i appreciate it because it's kind of funny it has, you know it's, it's not just you know um one of your dry finance books and so it's funny it's relatable yeah. um, and you actually tell your story about saving 25k in nine months and i want people to really like grasp that because a lot of people don't think they can do it right they don't think they can do it you've saved 25k in nine months and the great thing about that is this right so one of the things that me and corey we both preach is that you have to get started doing something and some people think that if i, I need a hundred thousand or i need 10k you know, if you start putting up five, just do something. You can get, you can get uh, these days, I mean, the, the barrier to entry 
in terms of improving your personal finance and starting to become an investor is so minimal. And I think you do a great job of talking about that, like within this book. The last book was good too. Um, I gave it, I got a couple copies and I gave them like, you know, to my nephews because I thought that it, it would be, it was very appropriate for them in terms of explaining what a checking account is, you know, and, and, and things of that nature. So um, definitely an amazing job with the twerk money. What's up with the title though, twerk money? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have, I mean, okay. I have a love hate relationship with marketing. Um, I think it's very <laughs> manipulative and, it's just it's just one of those ways you know people just buy things that they don't need so when it comes to us we're very visual and we drive um pop culture yes so twerking is something that we all know and honestly when i wrote it down like i just had a a list of, of different you know specific titles that I could have and somebody had suggested tales from the black water and I didn't really like it by itself and I saw I had twerk money so I was like man I just need to put these together because it was just, I didn't even think it would be something yeah. you know, that was going to be on the book but then I talked to my best friend she's like oh my god I like twerk money I was like hmm twerk money tells from the black wallet because it's an attention grabber right like you have to get people's attention and like you said personal finance is it's boring usually like people mm -hmm. don't make it fun and relatable and easy to read especially when they're talking to us because we don't really have anybody mm -hmm. in that space again who looks like us is usually these old white people who are millionaires and they're just trying to sell a thousand dollar seminar seats you know so i know so that was that's where it came from is trying to grab people's attention and be like hmm twerk money what's that about because honestly <laughs> we love urban fiction so if it puts you in the mind of that then it's more likely i feel like one of us will actually pick it up no it is um Corey, i know you got some questions before we get to Corey though um the <laughs> one thing the one thing i want to bring up uh from the book that kind of touched me and like maybe put it down for a second is when you talk about the importance of finance within our community and within our culture and you tell the story of like sandra bland right so we all know oh, who Sandra yeah. Bland is. And you talk about how she couldn't get bail money up. And I think you said it was like 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, Very and minimal. Because, and because she couldn't get 500 yeah. bucks, we all know the end of that story. And like when I read that, I was like, damn, like it, it touched me again. Like I knew that, but I like had forgot about that part of it because, you know, the story had, had like blossomed into what it blossomed into. But when yeah. you bring it back to that, that small point that a lot of us, when I say us, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of us don't have $500 we can get to in an emergency. That's scary when you think yeah. about it. It is. I mean, because nobody, nobody likes to think about the bad things happening, right? So it's almost kind of on that line. Like, to me, having a emergency fund is you insuring yourself, I mean, we already know we have issues with getting insurance from corporations, and that's that's yeah. okay, fine, I get it, because they've always tried to come and take advantage of us, but you need to personally insure yourself, right? That, to me, that's saying, I care about me. If something happens, because something will happen, this is life, that's how it goes, I have the money to take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Corey, you, I know you had a couple of questions of things you wanted to bring yeah. up. Yeah, definitely have a couple of questions. Um, well, uh, you know, thank you first of all for for being here. Um, the first the, the first question I have is um when when um 
when did you decide to make the transition from being a, a, a in a corporation like like the government to being more independent like you are today? Oh, when did I first decide? I mean, oh, that was just the so when when the Sandra Bland situation happened, um, I was really sick because that literally to me could have been me. Um, I pop off at the mouth. I've done it before with, with cops. So, um, it really hit home and that really led me to research more of our history and, and our relations with the other people here in this country. And in doing that, I just saw that the deviousness and just how everything connects and we just don't pay attention to it because it's not as overt anymore. And it just, I just opened my eyes to everything and like being in that environment around people who just don't really care about you. And they just say the most insensitive things. For instance, I was in the Baltimore area and when the riots were happening, they were like, why do those people think that we're killing them? And I'm like, what are you, I'm like, what? And, and I, and you can't do anything. Like I, I told them to shut up. Right. But then I told my supervisor, I was like, you need to get a handle on your people. Like, right, man, do that. But they were like, oh, oh, well, you said something. You took care of it. They were just going to send, like, some passive-aggressive email. I'm like, if I have to handle my own situations, I may as well do this out of the real world on my own. If I got to stand up for me, you're not going to do it. I may as well do that on my own. So that really was the the catalyst for me saying I got to get out of here because these people are going to be the death of me. And I don't – I have to protect my sanity and I have to protect my my space. And my my thoughts. So yeah. that was really what. No, that's know, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a perfect catalyst to uh you know to, to a, a call to action a, a movement. Um, you're also part of another movement. Um, that you talk about in the book called the Abacus. Um, and so, uh, speaking about the the Abacus and 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 about money in general, how do those two things intertwine in your life? What's, what was the first? I know you said the Abacus and what else? Uh, how does, how does, uh, you, you speak about it in the book when you're talking about um, investments and in, in those kinds of things. How do those two things intertwine in your life? How did, the, how, did they, how did the Abacus come to be part of what you talk about in the book? Oh, um, because in the Abacus, you know, he teaches us um, stock, the market, and how to invest. And so I feel like that's one of the ways that we can really, um, I don't want to say close the wealth gap, because I don't think the wealth gap is anything that we have to close, because that's not something that we, you know, made. But I feel like the way to take back control of our financial lives, we have to use the stock market. I don't think we understand how much it affects our lives even with our retirement accounts we don't even know how these people are picking the things that we have in our mutual funds and we're just kind of putting our future and our retirement into somebody else's hands i'm across the abacus i was in another facebook group and um the creator and founder james Tompkins, he was in there popping off at the mouth and i'm sure he got kicked out but luckily i added him before he did and i just i i don't know i was drawn to him because i he was you know talking on a level that was realistic because i don't have time those rich dummy those rich dummy terms yeah rich dummy terms like nobody 
talks to us in a relatable way. Like Yeah, the people that we tend to be drawn to, they're they're spouting off all these fancy words and they have charisma, but they're not putting it so it's relatable. It's just like, oh, we're odd. Oh, you're smart. Like, no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's definitely a cultural thing, which is why there's a void in the marketplace for that, and and why your book resonates with someone like me. Um, you know, someone who's written multiple books that, and I try to kind of be to be relatable in that in that way. And one of the things I want to ask you about that, I, um, and I got notes right here because when I read your book, and I read all kinds of personal finance books, self help books. I'm into that, so. You know, I, I kind of read everything, but one of the things you did that a lot of people don't do, and and we talk about wealth building, and um, it really resonated with me because I'm in the process of writing another book, and it, I would talk about the mentality uh, of wealth. But you actually put in here to focus on building a solid reputation as something to help you along the journey in building wealth, and no one ever really talks about that, like how you reputation. People will tell you, okay, you buy stocks. You get mutual funds, you buy real estate, but no one says, hey, your reputation is just as valuable as those other assets. So the question okay. I have for you is, you know, what made you put that in the book? Um, because you don't see that at all in, in most personal finance books. Um, because I feel like we're so focused on just getting money. We're not thinking about the ways that people get money. So it was so weird. I saw a, somebody put up a status. They were like, why does everybody get mad at the drug dealer as opposed to the person who's doing the drugs? So my thing is, if you didn't offer it, if it wasn't available in the marketplace, how would they buy it? So you're contributing to that person's downfall just by being the person who provides them with the harmful substance. If it wasn't available in the marketplace, you would not buy it. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at it as how am I getting these funds? Is it going to cause the destruction of another human being? Do I feel okay with this? Am I able to sleep at night? And if you aren't, then something is wrong with you personally, but you have to put that morality into that because I don't, I think we're just looking at it from, okay, a dollar is just a dollar and business is business. And that's cool. And that's how, and that's cool and all, but at the end of the day, you have to understand that the stock market and all that stuff was basically, you know, came to be because we as black people, were the products we were the <laughs> the things no. that were on sale no like, you're right you can't but let me ask you a question from that to me. This, this brings up a great point and i want to get your perspective because i don't there's not really no right or wrong answer in this because um i talk about capitalism a lot um my background is in real estate uh, as well as um you know personal finance and mutual funds or what have you a lot of people get upset about that because they say well you know, you talk about all these other social issues. How can you be a capitalist, but, you know, still be for your people? Um, so how would you define your type of capitalism? Because some people say, listen, it's about business. You know, it's only about making the money. But I see that you also have a passion for your people. So how do you kind of, um, you know, not how do you how do you remain both a capitalist who wants to participate in the markets and those things, but also understand that you know it's 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 also about how you get your money and not like become a hypocrite like some people are because i see that you're kind of defining your own type of capitalism so what would you call that 
And do you ever feel like a, there's a conflict between the two? Um. So. And it's just, this yeah, is just your perspective because I've, I've heard I've heard different perspectives, and I think it's an interesting debate. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. So I just want to get your perspective. It's definitely because, an interesting debate. <laughs> yeah. Accord, you can. While she's thinking about Accord, do you have any um thing to add to that? Like, what would you say about this this debate? I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I have a totally obscure view of of capitalism. Uh, I personally think that you you can't solve personal issues without taking care of the um the the money issues that come with the social issues. I think personally the the lack of resources and the resource that we're talking about is money is the thing that causes the social issues that we have uh our you know uh Robert James Tompkins who we just talked about he posted something that I said to him we had a, a, a hour long conversation and I and and the whole gist of that conversation was that people that have resources don't kill people um if you want to lower crime rates and you want to um lower you know the the, the rates of of uh you know uh criminal criminalization and things of that nature you provide resources for people people with hope don't do those kind of things when people have resources and places to go the the thing that they don't do is kill each other so um that's that's, that's why that's why i i say people with resources don't kill each other i'm not talking about rich people don't kill people because we know that's not the truth but i'm talking about when people have absolutely nowhere to go the place that they go is at each other so mm -hmm. that's why i say resources is the is the thing and that's why the the markets to me is the fairest place where you can get that because these companies not going to go bankrupt just to, to, to keep black people out the markets so that's why i say the market is the place for us to go to go ahead and get these dollars okay so like do you do you define your capitalism in any different way or is it you're just a pure capitalist because I understand the debate, right? Because, um, you know, you care about your people and some of these companies may take advantage of your people, but they also may pay a high dividend. <laughs> so it's like, are you, are you, you know what I mean? I know you love companies with dividends. We've had this conversation. You all about that dividend. Um, yeah. If, if you don't pay dividends, I don't, I don't touch it. Um, no. you not so, so, so how, so how do you balance the two is what I'm trying to like get at. Or, I don't. Or, I don't. I don't. I, I can't. I, like, I'm not a person that worries about other other people's feelings. So what what I do is I, I I balance it out like this: if they're taking advantage of us and we own the companies, then we can we can actually change the way that they do business if if enough of us own those companies. We can own the companies because they they're in the political positions to do whatever they need to do. So if we own the companies that own the country, we can actually change the way those companies treat us by owning those companies instead of shying away from those companies and going away from them. I would say we should take bigger ownership stakes in those companies that take advantage of us and then make them change the way that they do business. Okay. That's just that, my personal. I, I call that like a, the, the Roger and me approach. If you ever see that movie, Roger and me, when he like goes to the shareholders meeting and acts a fool, um, in a documentary yeah. but okay that, that's an interesting way to look at it I, I just wanted to get your perspective as well because i've seen this debate and i've seen people come at me you know a lot of these pro-black groups because i'm in there talking about you know i'm um, trying to help our people advance uh, from a personal finance standpoint and they said you can't be a revolutionary and be a capitalist and i'm like why not <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> why not so but i, I like to get people's perspective though because this is something that I, I i put a lot of time in thinking about i really don't struggle with it 
because I, I kind of agree with you, Corey, but I also know that um, Brother Tompkins, and I, I could tell you the actual video is like video 41, season one, he says we need to get less emotional about this. You know, like take your emotions yeah. out of it. Um, yeah. So and I honestly, think that was interesting. If it comes to like picking stocks, um, I'm not as emotional, but I, I am mm -hmm. emotional about what I do and how I go about doing something. So we have a lot of people in the internet marketing space who are sitting up here renting these, you know, Lamborghinis and acting like it's theirs and saying, oh, I'm making 100K a month and basically just trying to do lifestyle marketing and fraudulence. And I'm not with that. Like, I don't want people to be drawn to me because I'm selling lies and I'm up here trying to sell you trash. Um, yeah. Cause I don't, that's my, that's my whole thing. Like I don't want yeah. to be one of those capitalists who just ends up doing something just for the money. I mean, the companies are here. It's too late. Like they're here. And if they're going to be here, then give me my damn dividends. But <laughs> from a, I mean, from a personal perspective, I'm not about to be sitting up here selling jars of air. That's stupid. No, and I, I get that, you know, um, and I think I actually got the article from you where the guy was literally selling dirt and he was making like 3500 yeah. a month selling some dirt. But, um, you know, so I, I get that, too, because I'm not with that either. Like one of the things I like to share is like not only my successes in terms of companies purchase or real estate purchase, but also like my struggles, like. You know, I spend way too much money on food. Like that's just that's just what I do. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's about it's about what your real life is. It's about not faking the funk. You know what I mean? And a lot of people do yeah. fake the funk within this personal finance space because we've all been there. Um, whether they're a black person or not, where you get into the free seminar and then at the end you go to the back of the room and they're selling you the weekend for twenty five k, and they're yeah. and they and they're financing for you and charge you thirty percent interest. Right. Whole another story. So, so we're definitely not about that. <laughs> we're about trying to help our people and spread this. Um, so uh, I like the way you approach it. Um, your social media is very entertaining. I got to give you that. And you know, Thank now you. you're doing your thing with the book too. So you know, very proud of you. Keep pushing. So, what would you tell Thank someone you. out there who wants to get into the space of uh, writing a book? What would you be? What would be your advice Ooh. to someone who's watching or listening to this? And they say, I want to write a book. She's on her third book. What would be your uh, your kind of tips that you would give? Oh, God. Um, start earlier than you think. Um, make sure that you kind of, I'm all for outlining, um, kind of get your, your thoughts together, especially for nonfiction, mm -hmm. maybe even for fiction, because that's just a whole nother beast in itself. But getting your thoughts down in an outline and then going from there and just writing as much as you can because you know and putting your personal experience in there and definitely using the resources from other authors because I've done that like getting a checklist making sure you have everything like your ISBNs and your covers and mm -hmm. making sure that you have you know test readers things like that because it's, it's a lot of little stuff to publishing a book you know most people don't think about the proof copies most people don't think about oh the barcode. Do I need one of those for my ebook? Like you just it's just a little stuff. So making sure that you start now or sooner than you think you need to. Okay. All right. And in terms of uh personal finance, what would be some advice that someone can take from this episode or the listening to this podcast that they could take right from here to apply to their life right now from you, from your point of view? Oh, man. Start with where you are with what you have. Um, I know 
we talked about the emergency fund. And I know a lot of the major gurus like to say six months, but I'm all for just get $500. I mean, Mm -hmm. start with something. I don't even care if it's like you putting $5 a month. You need to start somewhere because that is your insurance. Um, that's mm-hmm. the first thing you need to do. I don't care about debt. I don't care about none of that. Make sure making sure you have five hundred dollars should be your top priority set aside somewhere for you. Then you need to get rid of the debt. So okay. first take care of you, then get rid of the debt. Those okay. are my two major things. Got you. Couple more questions before you get out of here. We know we talked about the gurus that you dislike, um, and we know why you dislike like them i think whenever you call them a lot of them are poverty pimps is your words um but uh let me ask you a question (laughs) there has to be some that you do like so let's get let's talk about what you do like so is there anybody out there in the space that you um you know you appreciate their work um there's a guy uh called ryan mccrary i appreciate his work um, there's a guy called Eric Patrick. He does like stock market analysis, but with hip hop. So he takes rap lyrics and he puts them, you know. I gotta look him up. What's his name? Eric Patrick. I gotta look that up. Okay. Um, what is it? It's called Black Market Exchange. Okay. Um, I used to like Boyce Watkins. He's gone gone the way of interesting marketing things but uh his did earlier he, stuff is cool did he sell something someone said that he sold sold out to somebody i don't know but we'll talk about that offline yeah um, yeah. <laughs> um i'm trying to think of some females in the space um adrian harris okay uh budgetista she's she's okay Okay. All right. I mean, that's what some people that we can all look out for and just share with our audience, some people that are in the space that you do like, because we know there's tons of people out there, you know, the poverty pimps um, who like to take advantage of people, but there's a lot of people out there trying to do good work. So we always want to highlight the people that are trying to do good work. Um, Corey, you got any other questions? Uh, Where, where do you get your, like your your quotations and your, uh, your online presence is, is, I find it to be absolutely hilarious because we, we share <laughs> sort of a, a sense of, of humor. But where like where are you finding this stuff at? Like where where do you come up with the the witticisms and the and the and the and the stuff that you put <laughs> on your online? I I don't know, man. Some of that stuff just comes to me. Um, I do a lot of random internet searching. Especially on like <laughs> IG, I'm, I'm I just you got, you got one of those things random where, places. Uh, some yeah. people say like you know don't judge me by my search history. Yeah, and like it's you know where you can really find <laughs> some funny stuff. Just like people's stories, and you could get caught up in it if you really you know decide to go this route. But reading people's comments on certain things, especially when it comes to like relationships. Um, and just their outlook on just random money stuff that you wouldn't, you know, think to look like when it comes to, um, outfits or what they like to call hotepism. So just looking at stuff <laughs> like that, you, know, I'm you can find like, like people say some crazy stuff. I'm just like, what are y'all talking about? You, you don't, 
you can't do that in the real world. That's not how this works. <laughs> oh, they just say some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and, and the last thing that I wanted to ask you, uh, where uh, where can we find your work at? Like, um, besides um, Amazon and, you know, where, where where else can we find your work? Um, so you can get the book from twerkmoney.com. And most, I had a website, but I, people just didn't go to it. Um, so I kind of just do stuff on my Facebook page right now. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping it, keeping it on there because that's where people tend to just stay. Really, yeah, those what the eyes are. I mean, that's how it is these days. Like, you know, um, I talk to authors all the time, and they say, like, you know, I sell most of my books on Instagram or Facebook. It's just amazing. Yeah, they, have, they, they I mean, get all the traffic. Don't, people don't want to go that extra step. Like, you could literally put the link even on the post, and they'll be like, "Okay, where do I go for this? Um, did you read this?" Cause it's right there. Like it's just—it's almost like you have to be in their inbox, saying, "Here it is. Put this." I don't know. Yeah, but no. But I just want again. I want to congratulate you on your new book. So what's what's next for you in terms of, uh, you know, as an author? What are you thinking about? Because um, you say you're not going to continuously do this. Like I read that in this book. So you make it a point to say that. Um, but what's next for you as an author? I really want to try to write fiction. Um, mm-hmm. which is something that I've always wanted to do. I have one book out there, but I don't tell anybody about it because I'm so embarrassed because it's just, it's a trip. It's like, it's like but, um, or like, is it, uh, you know. It's just really, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a young adult romance. And I wrote it like on National Novel Writing Month and it's like a 30 day challenge where you write a okay. whole novel in 30 days. So I just did it like that. So it was really rushed and put together. But I want to do that, and then I really just kind of want to concentrate on getting my capital up, mm-hmm. um, like doing option plays and, and really learning the intricacies of the stock market so I can be more hands-on when it comes to teaching other people. Yeah, and that last thing is um, I also noticed that you're very heavy on crypto. I see you talk oh, about Bitcoin yeah. a lot. I see you talk about Bitcoin a lot. Yeah, I like, I like what it, um, it stands for. Because, you know, it's decentralized. Nobody controls it. The government doesn't have its little nasty, grubby hands in it. And it's just a way for people to have con- more control over their transactions. And I think it's very innovative. And I, I think it's going to literally change the game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that. But a lot of people think that this will actually change the world. Yeah. There's a guy in Philadelphia I just came across. He actually accepts. Um, he's another landlord, just like I am. I was talking to him. This guy actually accepts Bitcoin for rent. Oh, so and, now. You know, that's cool. Yeah, so I mean, people are actually going with it and, and taking it in different places. But anyway, Rika, listen. Thanks for your time. Um, again, the book is Twerk Money. You can go to twerkmoney.com. We will put links in the description box so you can follow her on social media. Also, pick up this book as well as her first book. Um, Core. Any last things you got to say before we get out of here? Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. And this is the first book. Yeah. I'll keep you there, presidents. That's right. Yeah. So we Thank definitely, y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Definitely appreciate your work. Like you said, there's not too many people in the space. Um, young black female actually talking about how to get your capital up. And, and you're giving life lessons in here. It's deeper than just money. And, and we definitely appreciate and it. And it's so. boo. And it's yeah, for, and you mentioned that you you mentioned that in the book. It's for us and by us. You're, you're unapologetic about it. And I like that. Um, 
So again, thank you for your time. Much success to you in the future. And uh, we'll try to help you uh, sell as many of these things as we can. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Listen, so for everybody out there, this is the Body Hood webcast as well as the podcast. Um, make sure you follow us online. You can follow my um, my personal uh, Instagram or Twitter is at JWTheBlueprint. Um, I'll put all Corey's stuff in the description box as well because um, he's above average savage on Twitter and 254 Corey Camp on Instagram. So I'll put all that in the description box. And the reason I want you to follow us or you can just follow at By The Hood is because um, we will be you know, all over the place um, giving these talks and giving out free information. Again, we're not selling anything when we show up. We're not trying to have you sign up to take milkshakes or, um, you know, sell insurance or nothing like that. We're just trying to give away free information to help you build and grow your net worth. Um, I'll be in Vegas in September, um, you know, spitting my bars. But me and Corey will be all throughout the streets of Philadelphia. So make sure you follow us and follow at By The Hood. Subscribe to this channel if you're watching this on YouTube. If you listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or whatever, make sure you give us some feedback. Again, this is the Body Hood Podcast, and as we always say, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep. Peace. Peace.